live from the House of LeMay Makeup and Dressing Room. Here comes Amber. Stop what you're doing. Here comes Amber. She's just doing what she can. Here comes Amber. Cue the spotlight. Here comes Amber. You can't look away Ask her does she do it really nothing to it She's got that fun on the game If you have a party Or if you're feeling naughty Call up the house of the maid Hello, and welcome to the Amber Live interviews. This is Russell, producer and co-host of Amber Live. We want to remind you to subscribe to us both here and at youtube.com slash amberlive. You don't want to miss a moment of Amber LeMay, the Larry King of drag queens. There's so much more to the show than just the interviews that Amber does each week. We have hundreds of interviews, comedy sketches, songs, and more on YouTube that you can watch anytime. But... In the meantime, you can listen to the amazing interviews right here. Now enjoy this episode of Amber Live Interviews. As we've covered many times before, several states have recently passed anti-GLBTQ plus laws. From the don't say gay laws to those limiting or canceling gender affirming care, state legislatures are saying, we don't care about you. So what can we do? Well, Dr. Jay Climahan works as the medical director of the Oshner Pediatric Heart Transplant, Heart Failure, and Ventricular Assist Device Programs in New Orleans. He is just one of three doctors in Louisiana with that specialization. And he's doing something. He's moving out of the state along with his husband and two adorable children. Let's find out more from Dr. Climahan. Jake, come on in. Thanks, Amber. Thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. You know, this is, we've talked a lot about these laws, but we haven't talked to many people who they really affect. So before we get into all that, tell me a little bit, a little bit about your background, where you grew up, where you went to school, et cetera. Uh, it's great. So I grew up in Westchester, New York. I'm the youngest of three boys. Um, and I went on to college at Colgate University where I studied Spanish literature. Um, I actually knew I wanted to be a doctor since I was four years old. I'm just stubborn and, and stuck with it. Um, and then I went to, down to Tulane for medical school. Um, I did my medical school training there and then I stayed for my residency in pediatrics. Um, after that, I went to Children's Colorado and did training in heart failure and heart transplant. Um, as well as general pediatric cardiology. And then in 2018, straight out of fellowship, I came back to Ochsner to be the medical director of the pediatric heart transplant, heart failure, ventricular assist device to programs. Wow. So how did Spanish literature prepare you for med school? <laughs> That's a great question. So, so everybody who goes to med school, they have to take pre-med courses. It's a standard set of courses. And I figured I was going to have to take those courses anyway. So why not also develop a skill that I can use in my practice. Um, so I frequently uh, use Spanish with my patient population, um, and it just allows for the ease of uh, patient care when I can speak to them in their native language. What drew you to Tulane? 
I had this crazy idea. So I started medical school in 2007. Uh, that's two years after Hurricane Katrina. And this is when the healthcare system in New Orleans was really in its rebuilding phase. And I had this crazy idea that I wanted to go down there and, and help rebuild the health system. Well, how, how altruistic of you. Very nice. All right. Recently, the laws in Louisiana have changed. Tell us about what's changing and what you did about it. So there are three laws that were put forth this legislative session. There was a don't say gay bill um, that was passed and then vetoed. There was a given name bill that's uh, targeting transgender youth in schools. Um, and then that was also vetoed. Uh, and then um, there was a gender-affirming care bill that passed um, that was vetoed, and then they had a special override session um, that, of the three bills, it was the only one that actually um, went through. Um, so that's, that's kind of where we are right now. Um, looking down the road, unfortunately, it looks like we're gonna have more of these policies and more of these laws brought up again. Um, and very likely the next governor of Louisiana is gonna be a very right-wing Republican that, that supports these um, really dangerous laws for kids. Tell me about your activism while these laws were being discussed. So we did as, mu as much as we could. You know, We did the simple things like voting in every election. Um, but then, uh, we we also I, I wrote to the legislature directly. I called our um, our local legislatures. I wrote a letter to the Senate Education Committee that was hearing the "Don't Say Gay" bill, um, and I also discussed the impact of these laws um, with my com company, which is uh, the biggest employer in Louisiana, as well as uh, my husband's company as well. And you had a discussion after these were passed with your husband about what to do. Tell us about that. Yeah, so this all stemmed from really um, when we were watching the debate in the Senate Education Committee about the Don't Say Gay Bill. And people were lining up against this bill. And the Republican legislature, um, they just walked out. They didn't care what people had to say. They didn't care that they spoke for almost two hours against this bill. And these were people that were pastors, teachers, students, librarians from all walks of life um, that were against these bills. Um, and after that, it, it really made it clear that, that Louisiana is not a state where we want to raise our children. Where do you want to go? So uh, I'm originally from New York, and uh, my parents have been willing me back to New York ever since I uh, left after college. Um, so we traveled back to New York, and currently, uh, actually, this past week, moved into our new house in Long Island. I mentioned that you were one of three doctors in the state with your specialty. What's happening to your patients? So for, fortunately, Auctioner has um, two other uh, very competent and special uh, pediatric heart transplant, heart failure, and ventricular assist device providers um, that, that are really working 
overtime in order to take care of all of these patients. Um, and what's happening is that um, the patients that were just routine before that could get an appointment right away, um, they're going to have a wait time now. Um, and, you know, I, I like to think that everybody is still going to be able to see, receive the, the same quality of care. Um, but I'm also one of two uh, pediatric pulmonary hypertension specialists that was in the state. Um, so now there's only one um, at our, at our at the children's hospital down the street from Ochsner. Um, and it's, it, it's a real problem. Are you aware of others who are moving out of Louisiana for the same reason? Certainly the OBs have been moving out. I, since this story went public, which we really never anticipated it to, to go public, but here we are and we're trying to make the best of it. Uh, I've had hundreds of people reach out to me saying that either one, they support me 100% or two, they're in a similar situation and thinking about moving or um, it seems like the entire uh portion of an entire portion of Canada came from the United States as well. You talked about the OBs, um, the obstetricians moving out or wanting to move out. That has to have something to do with the anti-abortion laws that have been passed in your state. So are medical students being taught those techniques or those procedures with this law in place? This is all very much in flux right now. And, and OBs who um, are trained to do these procedures and um, are qualified and are doing these procedures on, um, on uh, fetuses that would be high risk or not survive to, um, to term uh, they're really scared about performing these procedures because they don't want to lose their medical license and they don't want to end up in jail, uh, God forbid. Um, so uh, I'm not as intimately involved in the, the OB training, um, but I would think that there are going to be fewer and fewer providers that are competent in doing these procedures and uh, also probably not going to want to be as willing to teach other providers um, because they want to, to make sure that they have full control over every procedure that they do. It's very frightening because, you know, that means medical students are not going to go, want to go to any medical schools in those states. And those that do are going to be totally ignorant on how to do those procedures. And it's, it's very frightening. And, and the other part is there's a, there are actually hospitals that have had to close because they don't have OBs anymore. They can't deliver babies. It's very, very a slippery slope. They're going down and they don't realize it. They don't realize it. But people like you are, are making a stand and letting them know. All right. We talked about your children earlier. So let's see some pictures. All right. Tell us about right. that. Who, who, who's that handsome man with you and what yeah, who are your kids? Right. That's my husband, Tom. Um, we've been together for over 10 years um, and got married in 2015, right after the Supreme Court legalized gay marriage. And then um, I'm holding our four-year-old uh, son, Connor, and uh, Tom has Isabel, who is about to turn seven uh, in two weeks. Oh, in what, fun what fun ages. What fun ages. 
Yes, this picture is actually um, my last day at work. And this is the day that they left New Orleans to start to travel to New York. We went to our first Mets game together. Uh, the kids had a blast. I'm not sure if they actually watched any part of the game. Um, <laughs> which is it's probably, the Mets. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. I grew up a Mets fan. Um, uh, but uh, I'm certainly going to indoctrinate them into, the, into being a Mets fan <laughs> and learning how to lose. Oh, you dress alike too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so this is our holiday picture. Um, and then this was us uh, in uh, right before the New Orleans Gay Pride Parade this year, uh, where we marched with my husband's company, Shell, um, and uh, celebrated pride and, and all the meaning behind it. Oh. <laughs> uh, and, and the saints. Um, we absolutely love the saints. Um, we're certainly of of the things that I'm going to miss from Louisiana, the Saints is one of them. Uh, but uh, I've also grew up a Jets fan, and and who knows, the Jets uh, have some real potential this year with Aaron Rodgers. And this is at the New Orleans um, Sculpture Garden. Um, and I, 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 what I like about this picture is that it's it's a family, it's our family um, in a sculpture behind them uh, that says love and, and i think that's what family is and i think that's what's been missing out of our community um uh, over these past couple of years is people forget what love is um you know they may realize what it is for their husband wife or their children but we also need to love our neighbors and our community and people that we don't know when you made the decision to move from new orleans um, you, you made headlines, you know, you were everywhere all over the news. What was the reaction from the public and any feedback or blowback from it? The vast majority of the feedback I was surprised was just absolutely supportive and, and really understood why we were moving. And then there was, there was less than 1% um, that said things like, Oh, he's just moving to get a better job. Or if he really cared about the kids in Louisiana, he would have stayed there. Um, and, and none of these are true. Um, we moved because we felt like we were forced to leave Louisiana. Um, the hardest part of the decision was actually leaving my patients and their families because I pride myself in developing um, strong bonds with my patients and their families. And it was really hard to tell them that I was going to leave. Fortunately, there are people in Long Island um, that I can serve as well, or, or unfortunately. Um, so it's just a different set of patients that will be receiving my care. Um, but it, 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 it was heartbreaking, and it still is just... Uh, it certainly still have moments of sadness and, and the memories that we created. And my kids were basically grew up their whole lives in New Orleans. It's what they know. So we're, we're adjusting to New York. But in the long term, this is the best thing for our family. Wow. Now, I saw your, um, your email address was Dr. Daddy Shark. Tell us about that. 
Yes, my uh, Instagram handle, Heart, uh, heart Dr. Daddy Shark. Yes. Um, so I'm a heart doc doctor. And um, uh, the, the shark comes, the shark part comes from actually during our rehearsal dinner from our wedding. It was a costume dinner and I was dressed like Left Shark um, from Katy Perry's S Super Bowl. Um, and then my name, my kids called me either Daddy or Daddy O. So putting those all together, it became Heart Doctor Daddy Shark. Well, Jake, thank you so much for talking about us. What what a story you have. I admire your, your stance that you took and the strength that it took to do it. And you have a lovely family, and it's just very nice to talk to you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Amber. And um, like I said, we're going to try to do the most good from this as, as possible and, and help educate the public of of what these laws really mean for families like ours. Let's do it together. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, doctor. Wow. Someone who believes strongly in something and did something about it. Good for you, doctor. You're an inspiration. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Amber Live Interviews. Remember to subscribe to us so you don't miss a single minute of the fun. And remember, it is your support that keeps us going. You can make a donation through this podcast by using our Venmo at RJD Pro or by visiting us at AmberLive.tv and clicking on the Support Amber Live button. Thank you.